You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class, with me, your host, Kay Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books. I am back after a week off because I had pneumonia, which is not fun, and a zero out of ten would not recommend. Just don't get it. I feel like if the opportunity arises, politely decline. Now, I have got a few things to talk about this episode, actually, a few important things. I've got housekeeping. So, first things first, this week's episode is dedicated to Sabrina, my newest Patreon. Hi, welcome to the Guild of Historical Descent. And now, for regular listeners who have been here for a while, not that Sabrina isn't a regular listener, she probably is, hey, but... I have a really fun giveaway that I'm going to talk about at the end of the show. And there's a few things I'm going to talk about there that are big news, big news happening. But before I get into that, we have to go do the boring stuff. I know, first of all, disclaimer, if you're new, there is a possibility that I'm going to use language that you might not find acceptable. And if that's the case, tough fucking luck. Language. Okay, so I have a um, supervisor today, my baba, who is keeping an eye on me because I haven't been well. And he does not like my use of language. He's very good. Uh, Unlike Baby, who you have heard in previous episodes, who can swear in context, which I think is definitely my fault. Um, Although I will be blaming her father for a little bit of that. Anywho. Now, before I get into anything else, first of all, uh, thank you for your reviews. They're still coming in. You're amazing. And I could say that it is just for, like, the business side of things. It is. It's great. I love it. Don't worry about it. It's brilliant. However, you know, I mean, you can write whatever you like. But I do love getting compliments. So feel free to do that. Continue to do that. It brightens my day, especially when I've been so, like, sick. And anyone who has ever left a review... Well, it's survey time. Even if you haven't left a review, you could also now do that. But also survey time. I'm with the Airwave Media Network and it's time for a listener survey. And this is mainly for ad sorting stuff. 
The whole purpose of this is to get to know the listeners, to know what they like, to know the demographics, so that we can find advertisers for the podcasts, so that, so that I can finally get a host read ads and actually start making some more money because because I am I am not doing well. Uh it's it's tough trying to get this up and I want to get merch coming soon and I'm just like hitting every single hurdle on the way. I was supposed to have merch up, but the company I'm trying to sort merch it with, they're just pushing me from pillar to post. But yeah, if you can just do the listener survey link in the description down below, it would mean the world to me. It it just helps. And it would be good to let Airwave Media know that I have such great supporters. Now, where was I? Yes, there's going to be information on a giveaway at the end of this episode. So listen up, because you guys are going to be the first to hear about it before the rest of the socials. So you're going to be prepared. I say the rest of the socials as if this is some sort of social media situation. When it's not, it's the podcast. So about the podcast, I do actually need your help. If you are listening on day of release especially, but definitely within the first week, do try and listen in the first week if you can. If you're listening to this way in the future, doesn't matter. It's okay. But still, this kind of applies to you. If you download an episode and then play it, it actually boosts it in the chart somehow. I don't know how it works, whether it's on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. But especially between Apple and Spotify, if you download it, it is somehow better. I don't know why. It just is. Like, that does that. But also sharing it. Like, if you, like, share it to, like, Twitter or Instagram or, like, you DM it to a friend, all that kind of stuff, it all adds up and it boosts the charts. And I want to be able to make better quality episodes. I want to start having... Like, I'd love to be able to afford an editor and to be able to make this and to start doing a few visual things because it's really difficult to be inclusive when I am effectively cutting out a huge chunk of people. So people who are hard of hearing or deaf or even uh, neurodivergent people who have auditory issues, I could be just cutting them out of, of this option of being able to share this information and that's ah, it's just not cool man you know what I mean it just feels icky like I don't have a better way to describe it because I feel kind of crappy about it and I want to do better but I'm not at a point where I can like I want to be able to start doing like videos for YouTube long form episodes of the podcast on there whether it's making it in video form and also audio form or I don't know some funky captioning situation but I I barely have time as it is between working a full-time job and having two fresh humans well they're not that fresh crap is not a swear word it is it's not it is it's recording mommy I know well crap is a word what is a word? I'm just saying it's not... I mean, you shouldn't say it. But, like, it's not... Like, on the scale of, like... Mom. Where, why are you American all of a sudden? <laughs> Mommy, it's you, supposed to be you. 
said the bad word. And what? My voice sounds really squeaky whenever it goes on that. Okay, but not not when you hear it in your ears. Yeah, it sounds like this. Like big and strong. <laughs> if I listen to this and on this, it's very squeaky. Don't worry, your voice will drop eventually. It's it's you've only got another like four years to wait. You'll be fine. No. Okay. Sorry for that. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, quit your jibber-jabber and fact me. In fact, you I will. But first, we've got to get our source on. Our sources are The Hard On On Trail by Laura Bannister. Trail by Impotence. Virility and Marriage in Pre-Revolutionary France by Pierre Damont. Medieval Combat in Colour. A 15th century manual of sword fighting and close quarter combat by Hans Talhofer. I have clearly just butchered a German name. Humour, halters and humiliation. Wife sale as theatre and self-divorce by Rachel Ann Vason. Are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then let's begin. So this week's episode is all about divorce. Yay! I had great plans for last week. I was hoping it would be like a really fun post-Valentine's Day Let's talk about the lack of love in the world. Although, in fairness, most ye olde marriages, a lot of them were not love matches. A lot of them were, you know, well, depending on your social standing, it could be a political alliance. It could be, well, so that you would be saved from a nunnery, which we'll get into. Or, you know, just so that you didn't end up an old sad lonely person not that being alone makes you sad and lonely but you know it was very much a social stigma especially way back when like you know having that kind of autonomy especially as like a woman or a female presenting person that it would just be very it would look bad on you Although, like, a spinster is only up until a certain point of age, and then I think after, like, 27 or something, I can't remember the exact date, but they become a thornback, which honestly is just, like, a cooler name. But yes, let's talk about divorce, separation, and other such, uh, dissolution of marriages, shall we say. So, way back in the times of the Celts, well, I say that, there was a Celtic custom, right? Which comes under Bren Law, and it kind of ran up until the 1500s, which is when like the plantations were happening and the colonization of Ireland was really starting to take place by the English, by the Tudors, you know, that whole royal line. Um, I know I mentioned it in the Queen Mary the First episode where we talked about Queen's County and King's County, which is awfully in leash. I may have mixed those two up, but it's, yeah. Because she wanted to extend, you know, English control beyond the pale. So you had that. And then by the time Elizabeth comes around, she really starts the plantations and she really starts taking over. And it's really only kind of in the edges, the western part of the country, where she doesn't really have that much control. Like, again, touched on this in the Granuil episode, which also I think references Brehan Law, which is, you know, Celtic, really. Brehan law, this Celtic custom from like the 7th century, 
it laid out all of these reasons why people could get divorced. And honestly, women had such like a better like option back then. It's so weird. But yeah, there are a bunch of reasons why like someone could get divorced. Like a woman could divorce her husband if he spread a false story about her or even spread like satire. Like if he mocked her, she could divorce him. If he did not support her, so if he wasn't providing, she could divorce him. Like boop, done, nah. -uh. Um, if a man was impotent, if he was infertile, or if he was romantically involved with other men, Bim also divorce. If he, you know, leaves her for another woman, if he cheats, adultery, like divorce. Um, but fun fact, they didn't have to get divorced. If he wanted to find like a second wife, she could choose to stay there too if she wanted, but she could also choose divorce. Um, if he tried to induce a, an abortion, she could divorce him. And then there was this thing, Grand Wheel did it and I love it. It was like the first year or so of like this marriage, you could just quit. It was like a trial marriage. You could be like, mm, let's see how it goes. And in order to like get divorced, you had to just like shout out the window, like, I am done with you. Bye-bye. I divorce thee. I free myself of you, etc. etc. Ah, there is proper wording for it. I just don't remember what that proper wording is because I'm very tired. But yeah, it was one of those things like such a great, like just fantastic, like women had more opportunities to just get rid of men uh, or husbands that just weren't, you know, up to scratch for whatever reason. And what I find really funny is like in Ireland, like once you know, Catholicism really took its grip. Like, divorce wasn't an option till 1996. Like, and we had to have a referendum on it because that's how laws are changed in Ireland. It's, uh, um, it's by public vote because it's in the constitution because, you know, the people of Ireland should have a say in the laws of Ireland and that's just how it works. So it is. A woman could also divorce her husband if he shared intimate details about what happened in the marriage bed. I'm being very careful with my words because there's a child here. Hello. Oh, I don't know if you know about the rule of thumb, but basically it comes from an old Irish rule that a man can beat his wife with a stick that's no wider than his thumb. You may have heard that. But you probably haven't heard the other side of it, which is the wife could then divorce him if, you know, the strike, if the smack or the hit with the stick caused any marks, if it caused a blemish or a bruise or, or any kind of thing like that, a welt, she could divorce him, you know? But this is not all about women. Men had options too. Like, um, a man could divorce his wife for, like, some brilliant reasons. I'm sorry, my favourite here is, um, persistent thieving. 
So adultery, persistent thieving, bringing shame on his honour, and smothering her child. But like, how do I put this? Smothering, specifically. Not like burning or stabbing or, I don't know, throwing into a pit of wolves. Smothering, specifically. Like that, it does feel a little bit too specific, right? But, um, the whole point of this is, like, women's role, like, was important. Like, they were aware of how much they had to do and how important they were to, like, everything from, like, the economy of the area to, like, society as a whole, culture. Yeah, what a surprise. Way back then, they actually understood how valuable every member of the community was. And so, like, when people get divorced, like, there's a division of property, like, who gets what stuff? So, so who got what was kind of dependent on what kind of marriage it was and what each spouse had in the marriage. So, like, it was three categories, really. So you got land, you got labour, and then you got livestock. Or, like, whatever other capital I just like alliteration. So, um, depending on who owned land, like, there's that. You've got labour, and then you've got, you know, capital or livestock. So, the product that was created, for example, that would be worth more than the raw materials. So, say, he had sheep, but she made wool out of it, right? Or spun things, you know? And then made cloth for, like, the village. That would be more valuable than the wool. So, like, that was more important because that was, like, more important for, like, the community. Land. Well, the way that land and capital or, like, goods were, like, split depends on whose fault it was that the marriage was, like, dissolving. So, like, if one of them was, like, unfaithful or had been, like, a persistent thief or whatever, like, that person would get less stuff. If the other person was, you know, dodgy, they would get less stuff. But, like, if it was one of those trial marriages, things would basically be separated equally. Women in Ireland at the time, like, who were living under Bren Law, they actually had a lot more rights and a better standard of living compared to, like, many other women in Europe. Like, they were, like, ahead of the game for a long time. And then, and then colonialism kind of came in and that, that just screwed a bunch of stuff up. Now let's leave Ireland and let's head over to France. And this is just going to be a really quick overview for anybody who wasn't listening to last week's episode. But you should go and listen to it because it is good. Um, so say a woman uh, is wanting to divorce her husband in very Catholic France, she only had one way to do so. And that's because it was basically illegal not to get jiggy with your spouse. So, because, again, super Catholic, like, the whole concept, the whole reason for marriage was procreation to make more wee Catholics for God and the wee wee baby Jesus. The wee baby Jesus? The baby Jesus. The baby, baby, baby. The baby Jesus. Oh my goodness. So, (laughs) 
And so if you did want to get divorced in those times, especially as a woman, like if your husband was beating you, if it was like a dangerous situation, you, you couldn't leave it like that. Like that wasn't enough. The only way out was to prove there was no swizzle in a stick and that you were not going to create Moby Catholics, right? So you would have a trial by impotence or the impotence trials where, because I went into more detail in the last episode, go listen to that, but Cliff Notes version. There would be a trial and men would have to prove that, you know, everything was working down below. Meeting two veg was fully functioning. That the flesh flute was not flaccid. So, sometimes they would bring in learned and trustworthy women to test the man to see if he was able to, you know, become rigid and or expel fluids. Well, both actually. Because they would have to not only stand to attention, but they would have to um, reach the point of completion and, you know, provide the appropriate baby gravy. So they would be tested for a bunch of stuff, like, based on, like, size, colour, and, you know, ability to hold up under pressure. Which, unless you've really got a voyeurism kink, it's, uh, that's, that's gonna be a voyeurism expedition. Nope, that's not it. (sighs) Exhibitionist. If you're not an exhibitionist, that's it, like, that's probably gonna be a tough situation at the best of times, let alone, um, in this incredibly sterile environment. And women would be tested, and one of their tests was to... Hold in their pee. That's, that's how you you check to see if a marriage is consummated. Apparently. Uh, So, after the trial of impotence, if they were deemed whatever, you know, a man could then demand a trial by Congress, which is just as bad as you think it is. So, effectively, surgeons, priests and nuns would watch the married couple, like, go at it, right? So the priests and the surgeons would be behind a screen in a neutral location, by the way, where this uh, estranged couple would have to knock boots. So they would be going at it, right? And sometimes this could last for actual hours. And so, yeah, the dudes are behind the screens, but the nuns, they're not nuns, nurses, midwives, my brain is pudding today but yeah they're down like at you know body level they're by the pillows and they are watching intently to ensure that everything is going the way it should that there's you know p and v and that everything is going well so they're making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing like they're making sure they aren't smuggling stuff in and um they also check like the bed afterwards for fluids so like the an appropriate amount of them like it is wild and if 
it's so much more embarrassing if you fail the trial by Congress as opposed to just the, the trial by impotence. It's a whole thing. And yeah, yeah, in medieval France, it was basically illegal not to have the horizontal tangle with your spouse. And now, let's leave France. Because, again, covered it last episode. It's fine. Let's go to Germany, or at least the area which is going to be known as Germany. We're still in medieval times. We're in the 15th century. And say you're in an unhappy marriage and you think, I don't want to stay in this. You know, I could stay with him, but fuck that for a game of soldiers. Language. Sorry. Language. Sorry, Bubba, do you forgive me? Yes. Thank you. Since you are my mom. I am a good parent. <laughs> yeah, the best parent in the world. Thank you. Now, we're in Germany, and you want to get rid of your spouse, um, because you could stay in that relationship, but it's no good for you. And so you say, fluff that for a game of soldiers. Yeah. And, um... Approval by the child. And so, who is currently dressed like a dinosaur. And... I, I'm a triceratops. You're a triceratops? Yeah, because I have the horns. Okay. Triceratops is a herbivore. I'm omnivore. You're an omnivore. You know what, you eat a carrot and then we'll talk. Anyway, so... So yeah, you're in Germany, you want to get divorced, and... Okay. Apparently, this was more common than one would expect it to be. Instead of going to court, instead of, you know, petitioning the Pope, in order to get divorced, you would have a trial by combat. A trial by combat. Divorce by combat. That is ridiculous and amazing and you have no idea how ridiculous and amazing this is, but I am going to tell you because I cannot convey to you just, I'm going to, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to convey to you, obviously, because it'd be weird if I didn't, right? So let's get down to this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So, generally, if you don't know what a trail by combat is, it's basically you would be judged by the fight. So, uh, you could say it was part of like the gods' will or whatever. But you could have a champion who would fight for you or you could fight for yourself. If you've seen Game of Thrones, you know what we're on about. But generally, um, a trail by combat had, <laughs> I'm going to call it, like, John Wick rules. Like, ethical hitman rules. So, like, no women, no children, no dogs. Like, um, so, effectively, champions would, like, fight in the stead of, of, like, women and children and whatnot. However... The exception to this rule was medieval divorce. So typically, in a trail by combat, a woman's champion would generally be her husband. Now, this may be a wee issue here, but in this scenario, a man cannot exactly fight himself. I mean, he could. It would just be kind of silly, really. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, somebody punching themselves in the face... And you, nobody would win. So effectively, when it came to marital disputes, when it came to divorce, there is an exception to the husband being the champion rule. And that is the wife and husband duel. So, oh, this is so good. I love this so much. So, they get to pick their arms and just go for it so it it's here's the thing it has to be a fair fight and in order to do so oh my god they had to make it a fair fight and as men in general are physically stronger and women are not like as a general rule I know some men whose ass I could kick, and I know some women who could beat me, and I'd, I'd probably thank them for it. But that's not the point. That's not the point. But, like, typically, especially in medieval times, this is where it's at. So, instead of a regular duel, where, like, each person gets to, like, pick their weapon of the choice... And because, you know, men were supposed to be, you know, accustomed to the tools of war, shall we say. Women would be provided with a rock wrapped in cloth, which is basically like putting stones inside a sock or like in a handbag or like a soft bag, like a tote bag. So they would have that. And men, they would use a wooden club of equal length. So now... This already doesn't feel like a fair fight because she's got like a cloth with a rock in it and he has 
a wooden club. So that already seems a bit weird. But in order to ensure that this is fair, the man has his hand tied behind his back. One hand, obviously one hand for the club, one hand behind his back. And to ensure it is even fairer, I swear, the man is in a hole. And not a metaphorical hole, not in a pit of despair. Although he might be, he might be really sad this is happening. Whom's to say? But yes, yeah, so there's the woman. She's on top of the ground. She has her rock sack. And she's swinging away. While the man brandishes his wooden club of equal length with one hand tied behind his back and standing chest high in a three foot wide hole. So he can manoeuvre around a little bit and try and like hit her with a stick and she'd be swinging at him with her sack of rock. And you may be thinking to yourself, wow, this is weird. Um, It's about to get weirder because there are more rules to this. So effectively, she's like whack-moleing him with this sack of rock, right? The stones in a bag. She's supposed to hit him, swinging it at him. He's trying to hit her with his club. Um, But he is not allowed to touch the sides of the hole. If he does it, he forfeits one of the three clubs he has. So he gets three clubs. And he loses one every time he touches the side of the hole. Like a game of operation. Like, bzzzt, off you go. Done. Uh-uh. And if he loses all three clubs, then he has to continue, like, without a weapon. So he has to, like, try and grab her at this point. And it becomes this really weird wrestling match where he has to try and pull her into the hole. And she has to try and beat him into the hole. It's just... It's just madness at this point. And this thing would have had to have been judged, like officially judged. There would have been like a referee situation. Somebody would have been watching over this. And on top of that as well, like, who the hell came up with these rules? Like, did they just get a bunch of seven-year-olds and went, you make it work, kids. Because there's, there's too many factors. Like, did a drunk frat boy come up with this? Because it really feels like... This is one of those, like, the truth is stranger than fiction scenarios. But yeah, I, how do I put this? It actually gets worse because, like, the divorce by combat wasn't till the death. Like, you didn't have to, like, end the life of your spouse, effectively. But uh, somebody did always die at the end. So if a woman lost, she would have to be buried alive in a hole. And if the man lost, he had to be executed with honour in the town square. I just, just, why can't people just like let them separate and go their own ways? That just feels extreme, just like a tad. But anyway, let's leave Germany now and let's trot on over to England. And let me tell you about the penny auctions We're in the mid 19th century and yeah so the matrimonial causes act like it allowed divorce um yeah but here's the thing you would have to spend like a ton of money like a ridiculous amount of money more than you would have for a deposit on a house nowadays like that is the amount of money you would have to spend 
in order to get divorced. And that's on the grounds of, you know, adultery, abuse, you know, all the dodgy stuff. And even then, the only people who could really afford to pay the church and the government to allow them to get divorced were, you know, rich white men, really, more so than anything else. And working class people, they didn't really have the same options. And yeah, from like, yeah, throughout the 19th century and a wee bit into the 20th century, people would just sell their wives. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't technically legal or official, but it definitely happened often enough. So, like, between, was it 1837 and 1901, there were 108 documented cases of this happening. And as you and I well know, that if for everything that is documented, there's probably two or three other instances of it not being documented. So, this probably happened even more than we know about. So, yeah. There is an unhappy marriage and this is an auction and it was kind of treated the same way as like a cattle auction is. The woman would be led in with a rope around her neck and brought forth and paraded, right? And the weird thing is like nine times out of ten, this was usually done with the wife's permission. Like, in fairness, I could see being totally done with someone's stuff language so I can see someone being totally done with someone's you know way of doing things and someone's behavior and someone's attitude and someone's dirty socks and just being like you know what cool adios I'm out so yeah a lot of the times you would have the cooperation um of of the wife because unlike, say for example, uh, you know, when people were sold as property, slave auctions and the like, uh, you know, who did not have a say in this, in these penny auctions, the, uh, the woman that was for sale was just as excited to leave her quote-unquote owner as he was to, like, get rid of her. And she actually had some autonomy, you know. She could turn down a bid if she wasn't happy with it. If, you know, the person was, like, disgusting or did not live a life that felt was up to her standards. Or, you know, didn't have any teeth. Whatever it was, she could just say no. She could turn it down. And, um... Sometimes, as well, the way this would work is... If the woman had, you know, a little something something on the side, sometimes the person who actually purchased her was like her side piece, her lover, her Clem Fandango, you know? And, uh, ha, ha. Um, like, oh my god, I've got this one here where, um, these, uh, these auctions, one of them had, he had his wife come out and he referred to her as, this is absolutely glorious. So he said that she was a born serpent, which he took for comfort. But unfortunately, um, instead of being a comfort, she was a tormentor, a domestic curse, a night invasion and daily devil. 
he stated, Gentlemen, I speak truth from my heart when I say, May God deliver us from troublesome wives and frolicsome women. Frolicsome? Is he saying that she was, like, too randy for him? Is that... Is that the issue? Um, he did... Um, he did say that she could, um, milk cows and read novels. Which, um, I'm not entirely sure is a compliment, but it seems, um... But he did also say that she could make rum, gin and whiskey, which, uh... Um, definitely seems like more of a selling point. I think he was realising his pitch was going awry and was like, no, please, somebody take her. Like, please, anybody. (laughs) Here, she does good things too. Which is... Which is probably as polite as it does get in a divorce proceeding, I guess. There was one uh, wife auction that I really, really love. And it was this dude was trying to tell his wife. He was like, you know, I'm done with her or whatever. And uh, his next door neighbor bought her and she left, moved in next door and left the husband with all the kids. And... I just found it so funny. It really, it really just tickled me. Um, yeah. And there we go. That is, that is history of divorces or forms of divorce. Just better options, really. Um, maybe we should bring back Trail by Combat, but maybe we should not have, like, the automatic weird executions at the end. Just as a, just as an idea, like, just saying, uh, if you liked me talking about divorces, uh, rate and review five stars, share this, download it, share it more, just make other people listen to it, you know, just go for it, and, um, yeah, what did we learn today? We learned that, uh, getting divorced has always been kind of tricky, and that probably, like, I still maintain the, the Trail by Combat is my favourite. If you have a favourite, um, like, tweet me, DM me on Instagram, post it on TikTok, whatever. Whatever works for you. Just, I'd love to hear it. Uh, or any kind of div- weird divorce law, like, historically that you know of. Like, let me know because this is just far too interesting for me. I love it. I love it. It's like weird marriage customs from around the world, which are, like, very typical and traditional and things like that and just you know they're fun I just love learning new stuff and especially if I don't know it it's like so good oh uh, where was I now yes so before I get into anything else before I finish off this we are gonna talk about the giveaway so I'm gonna be doing two giveaways one of which if you're in the states is I am a an honoured guest. I'm guest speaking and I'm doing three workshops and a live podcast recording at the Heartland Pagan Festival. Um, that's into the night. It's on Memorial Weekend. And I'm actually going to be doing like a live thing this Saturday, if you're listening to this on release date. So there's going to be a wee live thing, a wee intro, a wee promo. That's going to be going live this Saturday. And yeah, on the first week of March, I'm going to be doing a giveaway. Uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to run it for a week just because I want to get it nice and quickly and done and make it easy for everybody. 
and we're going to do a giveaway for a pass for the Heartland Pagan Festival in Kansas. Obviously, if you're in and around the area, it's going to be like better for you to sort of apply. Apply. Sounds so weird. But like to go for it. I'm going to be doing a second giveaway, which is just, it was just for followers. It was just for supporters and just to greatly just like appreciate stuff. I had initially planned to do a giveaway when I was like on Instagram and I was like, you know what, when I hit 2000 followers, I'll do a giveaway. And then for some reason, something blew up. Something just like really grew. And I had, I went to 5,000, then 10,000, then like within a month, I had 100,000 followers and I've kind of plateaued since then and that's fine. Like I'm not fussed about it. I'd rather have you lot just happily listening and having you continue to listen and continue to follow than to lose any of you like I don't need new or more followers I just want the people who want to learn and want to listen to continue you know I want to build this and have a community I just think it'd be awesome I'm trying so hard not to swear I'm so trying and um yeah so I've spent the last wee while collecting stuff so I've got books I've got some from my personal collection as well that are going in it I have like stuff prints from independent artists I've got just things that have been made by independent artists too you know I've got like jewelry and brooches and I did have stickers do I still have stickers there's just like a bunch of stuff I just have to find out where I've put it because I've been collecting for so long that they're just in like different places in my house and that's going to be coming up too but you'll actually know when and where that's going to drop um but I'll let you know in like a future episode and because the listeners like everything every social media thing I do all of that it exists for this podcast and so the listeners of this podcast are going to get first dibs really because you're going to know when and where so yeah on the 1st of March I am gonna like release the information for the giveaway on on uh on Instagram and I'm gonna do it you know what what yeah you know what I'll do 1st of March I'll do noon eastern standard time that seems like a good noon eastern standard time yeah no yeah you know we'll do it that way because I struggle enough to know when time zones are like I struggle with time zones because my brain is not mathematically inclined and it's embarrassing that it's not mathematically inclined but there we are so yes I'm going to talk about somebody now that we've got that done with I'm going to talk about Esme Louise James I bloody love her I had someone come into my uh, my Instagram comments on one of my history harlot posts and they were like, are you trying to like compete with the kinky history lady? And this is not the first time I've had comments like this. I've had people tag her in my videos. I've been tagged in hers. I have been sent DMs from people who accused each of us from stealing from each other when we just overlap on occasion and sometimes we'll have similar turns of phrases just because we both have to circumvent like the same censorship issues and sometimes our wording can be similar because we've used the same reference source you know we've cited the same thing 
And sometimes we just kind of speak alike because we both originated in the same place. You know what I mean? And yeah, she's amazing and her podcast is bloody fantastic. If you listen to me, you should listen to her. She's cooler than me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, smarter than me too, actually. She is. She's just fantastic. And here's the thing, this whole competing, this whole pitting women in a field against each other, uh, we don't need a trail by combat here. Like, there's no, there's no issue here. Like, we exist in the same space. It's fine. It's like, Dr. Kate Lister exists. Esme is soon going to be Dr. Esme James. You know what I mean? Like, I'm academia is not for me I'm done I'm out of it like I'm I don't want to go back to it I am happy where I am and I and I have always said that the reason that I teach history the way I do is because I believe history should be accessible and so my whole point is we can all exist in the same space Melissa Dr Kate Esme uh a bunch of other ones whose name I don't remember. Like, we can exist in the same space and it is fine. We're not, we're not in competition, you know? And one of us doing well, someone having success isn't detrimental to the rest of us. It just means that maybe more of us will be recognised. Like, this is not a, you know, a girl boss situation. You know, we're not stepping on each other to get to the top. We're like, we're, we lift each other up. We support each other. And if we don't do that, then we fail. Like, someone else's success doesn't mean that you're losing. It doesn't mean I'm losing. And that is why, recommendation time. Listen, your listening recommendation is the Kinky History Podcast with Esme Louise James and I want you to go on there and when you listen to her, and I want you to rate and review five stars for her as well. Because she deserves it. You can tell her I sent you. I don't mind. She deserves every success. That woman works so hard all the time. I am surprised she is fully functioning like as a human at this point. Because she has she doesn't stop. She's always working. She's always researching. And she deserves every accolade, every success, every round of applause, she deserves it. And you should give it to her because she's bloody amazing. Like she, I remember when people were like originally like tagging her way back and like she would come on and be like, hey bestie, like to sort of, you know, get rid of any concept of, of animosity. Bloody fantastic. So yeah, listening recommendation is May Louise. Go listen to her. She's fantastic. Kinky History Podcast. For reading, I am going to suggest The Tuesday Murder Club by Agatha Christie. I love Agatha Christie. I regret nothing. Who doesn't love a whodunit? If you don't love a whodunit, you don't have to read it. But I'm just saying it's great. And for watching. You know what? Go watch The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. We love Brendan Fraser here, so go watch him. Go watch Rachel Weisz be amazing. And you know what? He's just an amazing ensemble cast and is probably uh, 
the reason for so many bio awakenings but go watch those movies they're amazing have a great time and with that i am going to bid you good night adios au revoir vous êtes my friends bye bye